Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast, where we are now joined by the 2017 champion. Trying to get him pepped up a little bit here. <laughs> it's been a long day for Martin Truex Jr. Thanks for being here. I got that three, four o'clock feeling or whatever. I need a five-hour <laughs> energy, so my guy's going to get me one. <laughs> Sponsor plug already. Works nice, perfect. Nicely done. Would it make you more enthused if we talk about the Eagles? Absolutely. I'm jacked up about that, buddy. <laughs> Are you going to the Super Bowl? I am. See this? Okay. And you know what's cool is I knew before they made it that I was going. And this is my first Super Bowl ever. Like, I've never been. So I was already pretty excited about that. You know, NASCAR champ, they're like, yeah, you know, NASCAR wanted me to go do some work, some media and stuff. So it's going to be fun. But um, then my teammate, I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. I can't wait. So, yeah, I'm jacked up. So what are the parameters for being an Eagles fan in Jersey? Pretty much there's all like of Jersey? There's like a line. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I thought there was like an imaginary line. Yeah, there. there's yeah. like some kind of imaginary line. I, I want to say it's um, somewhere just above Tom's River, which is probably about 25 miles or so north of where I grew up. So I'm below that. And, you know, we're all, everybody I grew up around is Eagles fans, my, or Philly fans in general. My dad and aunts and uncles. And I was born into it, you know. It's been fun. Were you there for the dry spell before McNabb? Oh, yeah. Randall Cunningham was one of my, like, football heroes growing up. So, I mean, those days, yeah, he was uh, awesome and they never, never made it. So Yeah. Yeah, and then of course McNabb the last last time Andrew. was the same team, man. Does that make you nervous at all? Yes, Patriots it makes speed. me really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully our quarterback's not throwing up. Yeah, <laughs> before the before the game starts on the sideline, right? <laughs> We're on the final drive of the game, the final touchdown drive. Hey, just give me another minute. I'll yeah, be okay. give me. A, hey, anybody got a? <laughs> hey, look out! I got to do something on the field here. But yeah, no, I, I feel good about it. I think uh, I think they're in good shape. They got yeah. a good chance. They played awesome last week. So uh, you know, football is crazy. Like you never know who's going to show up. You know, the best team could lose to like a team that's not that good mm-hmm. out of nowhere. It's crazy these days. But uh, I feel pretty good about it. I just know I'm doing something with NBC and Dale Jr. and Rutledge and, yeah, like Sunday morning, some pregame stuff, and I don't even know what else. I'm just like, yeah, I'll go. I'll do whatever. Just tell me. It's kind of been (laughs) your entire offseason, right, Martin? It's like one thing after another, right? I'm getting very good at just doing what I'm told, (laughs) going where they tell me to go, being somewhere when I need to be there. Yeah, it's been crazy, man. I've been all over the place, but it's really been fun, and I would do it again. I promise. Yeah, yeah. this would definitely <laughs> be in the department of good problems to have, I think. But For sure. Is are there times that you're almost like, man, not another thing? You know, can I say no at, at some point, or you just have pretty um, much have to say yes to everything? I'm getting close to that point, but I haven't reached it yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I told my PR guy, Dave Hart, I was like, you know, at some point today, I might pull it out and just say, yeah, I'm not doing that. 
because yeah. I've never done that before. Yeah. I've been coming doing this like 12 years now, I guess, or whatever. It's been a long time, 13, 14 years, something like that. I've never really said no to much. I saw that Steve O'Donnell thanked you on Twitter yesterday for doing the Charlotte Road Course media event, and he said, you know, mm -hmm. really appreciate you coming out. The guy's been everywhere, has had zero off-season, but has done it with a smile. Enjoy some downtime next week, champ. You deserve it. Does that validate, I mean, not that you need it, but is it nice to hear from a big wig at NASCAR that, hey, I, I think I'm doing this champion thing the right way? Yeah, it is, and it's nice to know you're appreciated, you know, because, like he said, there was, there was some things I did that I didn't have to. You know, it's like they ask you, and you can say no. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I feel bad saying no. Like I feel like it's it's like an obligation of mine for to represent the sport, you know, mm -hmm. to go do these some of these things. Um, but it's nice to know it's appreciated by you know higher ups like him, and he's he's always been really open and honest to everybody. I mean, I, I feel like he does that with a lot of people, you know. So he's a really good guy, and it was cool to see. Any um, big splurges with your championship bonus? Uh, no. Did you go out and get yourself anything? No, no you sound like Sherry. What are you gonna get? What are you gonna buy, honey? <laughs> I'm like, uh, what do you mean? I'm gonna put it in a bank, <laughs> invest it. So I put, I'm, I'm, I guess you could call me cheap, frugal, whatever you want to call it. I don't like to spend all my money. Uh -huh. um, I haven't bought anything, like specifically f because I won the championship. I did, however, get down to Florida for a few days last week and took out the boat I won at Homestead. Went and fished for a little bit. Oh, nice. Went fishing for two days, played around with that. So I spent a little money on that, getting it outfitted with, you know, Garmin electronics and a really cool trolling motor and stuff for the backcountry fishing. So I got to do that a little bit, but um, I haven't really splurged on anything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I don't know. You have a cup championship. What more do you need at this point? I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, what else will seem minuscule by comparison? I guess, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, have, I already pretty much have everything I ever wanted, so I don't know. You know, I don't have a lot of expensive things. I don't know what I would just go out and buy. So, did Sherry get anything? Maybe that was why. No, she was asking. No, <laughs> nothing for Sherry. Okay. No, <laughs> no nothing at all. <laughs> she got a ne nice necklace from NASCAR. That was pretty cool. It kind of impacted both your off seasons, right? Usually, you guys spend some time in Florida right after the race, yes. and it, it was just nonstop go 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 right after. Yeah. So, right? um, you know, we usually spend the whole week down there through Thanksgiving, um, and this time. I obviously I had to leave and go do some stuff but I did get back for Thanksgiving had a bunch of family down there we had um, we always do Thanksgiving at my aunt and uncle's house they have a house in Key Largo they spend the winter down there so we always go there so I was able to get back when I think it was like Wednesday night I came back I think I went to New York City for two days or whatever it was Charlotte and then New York and went went but we made it back for Thanksgiving so that was the coolest part because we had like 30 family members there all the all my family who was at the race were there for Thanksgiving. It was really, really fun. We had a, my sister stole one of those 30 foot banners, you know, they, they had oh, the yeah. banners hanging yeah, at Homestead. It's like each driver <laughs> had their own. Well, I don't know how she got it, but she got it. And it was hanging off my aunt's balcony by the pool from the top floor. And we all gathered around and got our picture taken after Thanksgiving dinner. It was really, really fun. That's a good way to spend a family <laughs> yeah, holiday. Plus, it was Everybody's awesome. going to be happy at that one. Yeah. So <laughs> speaking of, uh, of money being no object, Martin, a couple of times in the last few years, Barney has discussed the fact that he felt like you took less than market value to make things work on the team. Yeah. Oh, I did. There's no question. There's no <laughs> Every driver is going to say that, right? Well, no, they don't understand. It's, it's a lot. Certainly, we don't hear that often from team owners. I wanted to ask you about that. Do you see that reflected in the team's performance? Because Barney is one of these guys, it seems to me, as if he's an owner who's just going to reinvest everything. Yeah. I, he's just going to take his cash. He's already spending his own money via the sponsor. Did you mm -hmm. see it reflected 
immediately were there assurances given that, hey, we know that you might be able to get X amount from another team, but if you stay here, here's how it's going to work out? It wasn't so as a matter of fact mm-hmm. as that. It was more, okay, you know, here's the deal. I can't, we can't continue to do this the way we're doing it. And I was at a point in my career where it's like, you know, you get to those crossroads and I was like, we just started, you know, I had the heartbreak at MWR and it just the, the roller coaster. And I'm like... Right. I'm not just going st- it, to – it's so hard to just stop and restart in this sport. To stay, I'm, uh, I'm not making enough money. I'm going to go to a different team. It's so hard to just start over with a new team. And the foundation takes so long to build, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, getting the right people in place or the confidence in your crew chief or putting the right engineer with your crew chief and you and make just make all that work and then build notes for each racetrack. Those are things that take time. And it's – you can't just start over. You know, mm-hmm. most times there's a, been a few instances where guys have but for the most part it takes a little time to build those things and i'm like i'm not willing to do that at this point you know we just we had 2015 we made the final four i mean we were we were just doing so many good things and i knew we were going to toyota and i felt like that would be a good thing for us and it just was a decision i had to say hey is it what do i want more do i want to be successful or do i want to make make yeah. good money or do i want to say hey, this is what I'm worth. If you don't pay it, I'm not driving for you. Yeah, I wasn't willing to do that, to sacrifice being competitive and doing the things I want to do. So luckily it worked out. I mean, honestly, it's uh, you know just the way it is. But, yeah, I mean, Barney took a, a chance on me, and it's just worked well, and it felt right to do it that way. I don't know. I just I couldn't walk away from this deal. It was too good. Did it happen at the right time in your career, the culmination of everything? Like you said, what you went through at Michael Waltrip Racing and before that even, you know, DEI, did it just everything had kind of led you to that point to realize this is the moment where I just have to just decide this matters more than looking for the next big deal? I felt like it was a just a giant crossroads, you yeah. know, and it was going to be a huge change of direction if I didn't stay the course. And I, I had so much confidence in our team and what we were doing. And I felt like at that point in time, I was like, man, we're, I feel like we're just getting started. And yeah. today it sounds like, well, duh, yeah, yeah. because we were. But you know, two <laughs> sure. years ago, it's like, man, you know, this, this could be really, really good. And I feel really – I've never felt this way about a team. I've never had this much confidence. I've never felt like my team had – you know, was – always on the leading edge of whatever's going on in the garage area i had never been there before i always Mm -hmm. felt like we were always way behind and we were always just searching for things on other teams i was on so to be on to to have that feeling i was like i I can't i gotta see this through Mm -hmm. i gotta figure out where this is gonna go and uh hopefully it's the right decision turns out it was i essentially look at you and cole last year as as the jimmy and chad canals of of 2017 where you and cole Byrne turned the garage on its head and mm-hmm. everybody was looking at you every week. What do those guys have? Why are they so fast? But could you see that in 2015? Oh, yeah. So you knew it was coming. It just oh, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't there for everybody else to see yet. Yeah, yeah. and I think, you know, I, I think, honestly, um, you talk to others in the garage, and it was – They could see it. They could see it, too, yeah. because, you know, you look at what we did in 2015. We, you know, with, we had the ECR or the RCR Alliance, and we took their cars, and we won a race, and we led a bunch – we should have won three or four races easily, led, led a bunch of laps, and those guys weren't doing that, you know, mm-hmm. and – we made the final four and we were just really overachieving i feel like for the situation we were in um you know and guys were taking pictures of our cars all the time and trying to figure out how we were doing it and we're like well you know we're, it's not really rocket science we're you know yeah we're just doing it yeah so when you're when your alliance is taking your cars back to their shop and tearing them apart trying to figure out what you're doing <laughs> and you're like 
we already told you what we're doing. Yeah. You know, that, that's kind of a, a telling sign. So that was three years ago. You saw, <laughs> you saw members of other teams, like, poking around with, like, of course. phones and cameras. Absolutely. And say, really? Absolutely. Huh. Stuff happens all the time. Espionage. We've heard it before, right? Was it, what's this, the funniest story from years ago, Bobby Allison, when somebody came and took a picture of his car at, like, Talladega or something, he tried to fight him. You remember? Have you heard that story? <laughs> I have not like, heard that one. Yeah. It was a huge deal. Huh. Um, but, yeah, that stuff happens all the time. But uh, to, back to the story is I could tell then, like, I, f- I just felt that yeah. way then. Like, we were overachieving. We were just making really smart decisions. I felt like, you know, Cole and, and Jazzy and my guys, they're always on the leading edge of things. And they're always, like, mm-hmm. forward thinking. They're not like, well, what do we got to do to beat these guys? Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, no, what do we got to do to be the best car out here every week? So mm-hmm. it's a mindset. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believed, yeah, early, really early. It would have been, you know, 2016 went obviously went really well. Um, you know, we just continued that. We've just continued that trend. So, yeah, it's been awesome. That mindset that the team has, Martin, Cole was on this podcast last year and was trying to explain. He knows that there's something, some sort of intangibles that, that exist where there's maybe a reason for all these guys to come together. And obviously being based in Denver, that must help because you're insulated from everything that happens here and there's there's more of that camaraderie and team spirit. But mm-hmm. he also says that there's just something about the reason that everybody sort of gravitated to Furniture Road. Do you see any reason for it? I mean, was it by design? Is it just because Cole Pern and uh, a couple others like him knew who they wanted to hire? Or how did it happen? A bunch of misfits got together. Yeah, exactly. It's like the island of misfit toys in a yeah. way, right? It is, man. Nobody else wanted us all. So we're all like, you know, we just ended up together. I don't know. But it, whatever it is, I mean, I don't know that you could formulate the plan or you could handpick all the people you wanted and have the, just the chemistry that we have. We're all mm-hmm. so, it's funny because we're all so different personalities are very different our hobbies are very different our political views are very different i mean all these (laughs) different things (laughs) they're all different so different but yet we go to the racetrack and we all think as one it's just the most incredible thing i've ever been part of and i don't know that you could ever see that coming you know Mm -hmm. that's just one of those things you you throw in a pot and stir it up and you're like okay there it is let's see how you know see what it tastes like yeah <laughs> yes yeah. your lead engineer that that's jazzy yeah he posts part-time on. stock market prog- prognosticator <laughs> yeah and it seems like full-time twitter political oh uh, analyst person. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, sometimes I, I see his tweets and i compare them to what i see from cole and i'm like yeah these guys probably wouldn't be on the same page if they were drinking together in a bar complete opposites <laughs> absolutely but somehow it just works when, but they get when it comes race teams yeah, when it comes to the race car, they're they're on top of things. They're working together. They're thinking ahead of each other, and I mean, it's just it's crazy the the way they work together. And um, they've had experience before, you know. And and that's the reason that we get we came together uh, with Jazzy's because Cole and Todd Barrier, who was Furniture Row, you know, the crew chief in 2014, had worked with Jazzy closely at RCR uh, years ago. So they're like, this guy's really, really good. We need to get him. Yeah, it's just been a, a one wonderful fit. For full credit, I, I guess I should say his name is it's Jeff Curtis. Jeff Curtis, yeah. Jazzy Jeff Curtis. You yeah. can find him DJ on Twitter. DJ Jazzy Jeff. DJ Jazzy Jeff. And he's, uh, he's from Jersey, too, so we got that Oh, he is? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. He's got a little bit of that Jersey attitude. I can yes, see that. he does. <laughs> <laughs> Cole says one of the running jokes, Martin, about the team is that no one always knows who's in charge. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Cole Pern is the nominal crew chief, but that, like sometimes somebody also be doing something that requires them to delegate, and they'll make mm-hmm. calls on things. And it seems like 
like it's a lot more fluid than bigger teams where it's so hierarchical. Everybody mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. like just decides, hey, it's got to go through this guy if things get done. Cole seems to think it's much more diffuse sort of at French Road. Yeah. What's that like from the driver perspective? Because obviously Cole is your go-to guy, but if you need things, do you always know like yeah. who's in charge of, of what, and especially being away from the shop most of the time? It's fun for me because it's it just has that small team feel, yeah. you know, kind of old school feel. And we have a lot of fun. You know, it's not like so serious all the time. It's hard to believe because we've had so much success, but also because of that, I think our guys have more fun. They don't feel as much pressure. They can kind of focus more on their what they're doing and what their responsibilities are. But also we've all been in situations that we hated before and we didn't like and we weren't successful in. And we understand how, parts of the reason why we weren't successful is because we weren't happy and we weren't having fun. At the same time, like our guys have no problem being held accountable if they screw up. So, like, you can yell at them all day long, and then you, we go out to dinner and everybody's best friends again. Hmm. So, I don't know. It's just, I think it's all part of, like, you know, being the run of the litter or something, where we've all been in bad situations and didn't like it and got whatever, whether we got fired or lost our job or lost, you know, lost our ride or my case or whatever it may be. Um, Cole got fired from Furniture Row the first time he was there. You know, he was there the first back in 2012 or 11 or something or 2010. He got fired. I didn't know that. So, huh. Yeah, it's almost like this is all everybody's homecoming, last hurrah, like yeah. we're going to show them kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? So everybody can relate to each other and say, hey, I'm going to let you be empowered on this front right. because you weren't before. That's right. Yeah. yeah, we're not like answering to some god or a king and being yeah, like, oh, yeah. my God, yes, we'll do it exactly <laughs> how you want. Or because if we don't, we'll get fired and this sucks and I hate my job. You know, it's not like right. that. It's um, we have that, the, so we have that. That's a huge benefit, I think, for all of us. And then, you know, of course, you, know, you, you can't leave out the, um, you know, the big team stuff that we get. You know, mm-hmm. the alliance and mm-hmm. the and the you know the connection to the big powerhouse that right. we have. I mean, that's obviously a, a huge part of why we're so fast all the time too. But um, I think it's the little things that take us to the next level. Speaking of that, the connection to JGR and having that alliance, mm-hmm. Martin, and the, and the Toyota component as well. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard a lot this off season from teams that are mid pack saying. Furniture racing now is the model. I mean, you guys figured out how to build a better mousetrap here and, like, take what you get from bigger teams and optimize it. And as you were saying, it, it's not just with with Joe Gibbs Racing. Last two years, it was with Richard Schultz Racing before that in 15. Do you think we're going to see other teams try to mimic what you guys did? And do you think there's – is there a path toward more success for other teams doing that? I think they're already trying to. I mean, yeah. you look at um, Levine, um, you know, RCR – RPM, RCR as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. RPM went to RCR. You're seeing a lot more of the alliances. And, <clears throat> you know, the the advantage of being the smaller team hooked into those, if it works properly, mm-hmm. is you don't have, you know, all the red tape and all the people to deal with and all the HR stuff and trying to manage five or 600 people. Um, but you get the benefit of, you know, the stuff they're building, the technology they can afford because of the money they have coming in for five teams or six teams or whatever it may be. Right. So you gain a lot of advantages without having the the disadvantages, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. I mean, yeah. that's my view on it. I'm sure everybody has a different view, but for me, I think that's that's what stands out to me. Um, but there's no guarantee it's going to work for everyone. You yeah. know, our team I think is a is a unique case. Um, you know, Barney's been willing to put in the, the money to get to where we're at, to to invest in technology, to be. You have all the the best parts and pieces, and, and and he's always been a guy, at least since I've known him, that if the team comes to him and says we need this, he says we'll make the car go faster. 
they say yes, he doesn't spare any expense. He's, right. he's always willing to do whatever it takes on the competition side to be better. Not all teams are like that. A lot of teams are, you know, have to worry about the bottom line and they're not going to spend more than they can. So um, there's a lot of unique things about our team that, that make it successful, I'd yeah. say. Obviously, Barney wasn't at Miami because of recovering from the heart problem. When was the first chance that you saw him and got to bask in the glow of the championship? Um, I went to Denver right after Homestead. You know, we had the trophy at their at their big uh, showroom there, the new showroom that they have. Um, the mayor that was in town, oh, right. and we brought the trophy and all that stuff. So I seen him that night. He came to the airport before I was getting ready to leave town. He just came to the airport just to say hello. And I was amazed at how good he looked. He just came bebopping down the hallway, and I'm expecting this guy to be like, somebody helping him walk, or how's he getting? Oh, he just come cruising down the hallway. I'm like, well, he lied to all of us. Nothing, <laughs> nothing bad ever happened to him. I mean, he literally just yeah. beelined it. He looked great. And then I was like, damn, you look good. He's like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good already. And that was only, you know, what, three weeks maybe after right. surgery? Right. Four weeks? I mean, it, was, it wasn't long. So he was doing really good then. And then um, I had went back out to Denver again to do, some, do our photo shoot and our commercials. I think it was two weeks ago now had dinner with him and, and Cole and Joe Garoni at, uh, at, a, at a place. And, and he looked amazing, feeling good. He's got a stamina. He's like, he realizes now that, you know, he was actually feeling the effects of this for quite a while. And, you know, it was, it was bothering him. So, so reinvigorated for Yeah, reinvigorated, uh, full of, full of uh, stamina and ready to go again. How are things looking for 2018 in terms of being a one-car team again? Like, how's the team approaching it? Um, I think the team feels really good about it. You yeah. know, just from a standpoint of last year, um, really the last two years, our off seasons have been chaotic. You know, two years ago, making the switch to Toyota, that was, you know, that was a big deal. It was every part and piece basically that we ran was, was, got got rid of that and started over. Um, last year, going to two cars, having to expand the shop, having to bring in forty some, fifty, whatever it was, new people, um, and do all that was was a big deal. This year, it's like. You know, we don't have to deal with any of that. It's like pick up from where we were last year. We still got some of our cars. We're working on the new rules and those type of things. But I feel like, you know, even from Cole's perspective, we're way ahead on the competition side than we have been the last two years hmm. as far as just being prepared and not feeling like we're scrambling hmm. at last minute to build cars and to get things done and showing up at Daytona like with your hair on fire, as Cole right. likes to say. <laughs> he says it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've got all that going for us and, um, you know, fully sponsored for the first time in team history. I mean, I feel really good about where we're at and uh hopefully we can continue that momentum and uh keep it rolling if you're way ahead that could be bad news for everybody else <laughs> well let's let's just hope it is <laughs> <laughs> i have some good news for you that room is open which means your media day i think is about to end here so thanks so much for uh the time man Appreciate absolutely it, my pleasure always. our thanks again to martin truex jr for sitting down with us at the end of a long day on the media tour Thanks as well to Furniture Row Racing PR representative David Hart for making that happen. I enjoyed that conversation in part because it was a good bookend to the podcast we taped with Crew Chief Cole Pern last August. If you haven't checked that out yet, I certainly would encourage it. Cole and Martin each provided good insight into what makes their unique number 78 team tick. NBC Sports has the Olympics next month. It also has a new podcast as well called The Podium that will provide insider coverage of 17 days of competition in South Korea. The first episode is up and examines the how and why behind the 25 tropical countries competing in the Winter Olympics, exploring the influence of the movie Cool Runnings, that was about the Jamaican bobsled team, on a generation of tropical athletes. You can subscribe to The Podium wherever you get your podcasts and leave a rating or review in Apple Podcasts. We, of course, would ask you to do the same for the NASCAR and NBC podcast. 
which also is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever you download podcasts. And if you have any feedback, please send it to me on Twitter at Nate Ryan. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR and NBC podcast. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.